0: You're listening to The Game Changers with Jason Jennings. Leadership lessons in speed, productivity, growth, innovation, and reinvention. Now, here's worldwide best-selling author and speaker, Jason Jennings, and your host, Dale Dixon. So you want to write a book, A Game-Changing Approach. Hi, Dale Dixon here, and welcome to The Game Changers with Jason Jennings. So good to hear your voice today, Jason.
1: Uh, Dale, it's great to be back with you. All
0: right, so uh, as we've said before, you just fire off the topics that uh, you would like to talk about as far as our game-changing approach for the podcast, and we launch into the discussion without a lot of... Pre talk, And today it's about writing a book and I have to admit this really caught me off guard because it's not something that falls within the genre of game changing business. So why write a book?
1: Well, why do the topic on our podcast is the most important question because during our podcast, we're talking about game changing ideas all the time uh, that have come from my research for all of my books. And, uh, and so let me tell you why I asked that we be able to talk about writing a book and getting a publisher and getting it done during this podcast. Uh, and, and this is the first time I've ever uh, done one of these podcasts as a purely defensive play. And let me explain what that defensive play is. Dale, each week, I, I get somewhere between 10, 15, and a particularly bad week, I'll get 20. That's about 1,000 emails a year from people saying... Dear Jason, Dear Mr. Jennings, I have an idea for a book, and I hope you can help me get it published. And I go, oh, oh, here we go again. And because I have a policy, a guiding principle of of, of responding to every email that I receive, and I get a lot, uh, 100 a day from readers and people who have listened to speeches or listened to podcasts, but I, I can only afford to get back to people with two or three lines. I want to acknowledge uh, their email. I want to answer their question. But I can't, I can't be there and write for hours and hours and hours in a single email. And so I get lots of, of emails, uh, maybe 500 to 1,000 a year from people who want to write a book. And uh, I also get lots of phone calls from people. And whenever I get a phone call from a strange person and they say, can I buy you a cup of coffee? Can we get together for lunch? I'm going to be in San Francisco. I'd like to meet you. I go, I know where this is going to lead. It's going to lead to five minutes of pleasantries. And then they're going to say, I have this book and I'm hoping you can help me get it published. And so I thought, why don't we do a podcast on, on, on the journey toward getting your book done? So in the future, uh, in, defensively, uh, I can respond to all these emails and say, you know what, there's actually a podcast about this, and I hope you'll find it helpful. And so that w- that's why I wanted to do this one today. Not only that, I think everybody does believe they have a book inside them, and everybody would like to do a book. And so I thought we should do it.
0: Absolutely. So so let's start uh, start down the road. What are you going to tell that person who says, I've got a book inside of me? What, what are some of the leading questions that you would ask to, to either pull that out or to uh, figure out whether or not it is a legitimate book
1: well, in response to the question that, or the, the statement that everybody has a book inside them, I would say in ninety nine percent of all cases that 's exactly where it should stay uh, i i based on based on the ideas i 've heard about over the years uh, first of all uh, I, I, a good book has to begin with a very simple, big idea or premise. Most of the people who come with me with ideas for books are just all over the places. And I mean, every chapter in their book could actually be a book on its own. I mean, so there has to be a a single big idea. If you take a look at my books, the big ideas were speed. They were productivity. They were leadership. They were innovation. They were growth. They were reinvention. So you have to have the discipline to stay extraordinarily focused in, in, into what the topic is going to be, and then during your writing and during your research, you can't veer off that big theme. So so it begins with, th- there has to be a big singular idea.
0: A thesis statement. To-
1: a, the- a, a thesis statement, if, if, if you will. The problem is most people just want to go all over the place, and so don't have a thesis unless you plan – sticking to the thesis and because books are damn hard to research and write. I I think writing a book is the hardest thing anybody will ever do. Know that whatever thesis you come up with, uh, know that whatever subject you come up with, then that's got to be what the book's about. You can't be telling your story about your grandma raising you on a farm in Missouri because nobody really cares. I mean, if the title is speed or if the title is productivity or whatever it might happen to be. So first of all, there's got to be this thesis, but know that 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 thesis is going to be like a fence and you're going to be inside that fence from that point on so it better be a thesis it better be a subject that you're prepared to, to devote a big chunk of your life to because you're going to be fenced in by your thesis you're not allowed to wander outside your thesis so that's number one number two then you have to come up with a title but here's what most people don't understand about a title uh, the only there are two purposes for a title and a subtitle Uh, And that is this. One, you want a title that grabs someone's attention. So that leads to a short title. So it's got to grab their attention. But But a title and a subtitle has to do something else. It has to make a promise. Great titles and subtitles make a promise to the reader. And then it's the purpose of the book to deliver on that promise. I can't begin to tell you how many manuscripts and how many ideas have come across my desk where they have a quote-unquote clever title, and they may have even done an adequately job, an adequately good job of the subtitle, but then you start reading and you go, this has nothing to do with the title and the promise of the subtitle at all. I mean, they're just wandering all over the place. So one big singular idea or thesis that is going to fetch you in uh, while you're working on your book secondly a title and a subtitle that makes a promise attracts attention gains attention attention getter but then makes a promise and then the purpose of every chapter in the book the litmus test of every chapter in the book has to be does this chapter help fulfill the promise of the title of the subtitle
0: Hmm. i'm taking notes as we go through this process and how often do you initiate a conversation or does somebody initiate the conversation with you and you see that they just don't have that clear thesis statement and, and, and their title's all over the board? Does it get back to the 99% uh, needs uh, to stay in somebody's head?
1: That, that, that's the reason for my smart-ass comment that everybody has a book inside themselves and that's where it should stay for most people. Uh, I would say it's 99%. Uh, 99% of the stuff that comes across my desk, uh, you go, oh, uh, once in a while I'll, I'll come across a very clever title and, uh, and I'll think, well, they could use a very strong subtitle that makes a real promise. But then you get inside the work and you go, this has nothing to do with fulfilling the promise that you made me on the cover of the book. Okay. So we've got so, Discipline, uh,
0: a great title that delivers a promise, and then each chapter must deliver on the promise.
1: Yes, it's got to move you closer to the fulfillment of the promise that you made in the subtitle. And if you do all of that, then you've got a book, and now the question is, or you got a manuscript, what are you going to do with this manuscript? And see, the problem that most people have is that most publishers, publishers don't want to see your manuscript. They have no interest in your manuscript. That's probably some of the most valuable advice uh, that I could give anyone. Um, I'm aware of one single case in, in, in publishing history where a young woman, Colleen McCulloch in Australia didn't have a typewriter. So she hand wrote an entire book, sent it off to a publisher in New York. Somebody thought, this is weird, we've never seen a handwritten manuscript before. They read it and said, God, this Thornbirds thing is pretty good, and it it got published. I'm not aware of anybody taking an entire manuscript, submitting it to a publisher, having a publisher read it and having it be published. Maybe it's happened once in a while, but that's not what publishers wanna see. They have no interest in seeing your final work. Uh, if, if you submit a final manuscript to a publisher, basically what you're saying to the publisher is, here, print this thing for me, because I don't believe that your editing could bring anything to the, to the table. I don't think your ideas could bring anything to the table. I don't believe that you helping form the work could bring anything to the table. So therefore, this is just a fait accompli. Here, go, go, print my book. Uh, That's what a publisher does. Well, that's certainly not what a publisher sees themselves as doing. So I can tell you what a publisher wants. Um, I mean, a publisher wants from you the following things. They want a title and they want a subtitle that makes a promise. That's number one. Number two, they want a one-sheet description of the work or of the proposed book. They want a list of chapters. The only reason they want a list of chapters, I mean, is to see if those chapters deliver on the promise that you made in the title and in the subtitle. They then want maybe a portion of one chapter. That's it. They, because they don't need, nobody's going to like to hear this, but no publisher cares if you can write or not. Because guess what? If you have the most incredible idea in the world, the most incredible subtitle in the world, and they think you're onto something and you can't write, they'll get somebody to help you write the book. So, I mean, they're not looking for Hemingways. I mean, they are not looking for people who have quite a way with the written word. That, that is among their, their, that, that's, that's among the last things that they're interested in. One of the most important things they're interested in is, how are you going to promote this book? Uh, everybody has this from highly romanticized idea that they write a book, it gets published, their, their book is in every bookstore in America, end of aisle displays, and that they're gonna sell a million copies overnight. Last year, the average book in the United States sold somewhat less than 5,000 copies, and there were 200,000 books published last year in the United States. Most books fail. Most pu- publishers do not earn out on most of their books. It's a very strange business model. They're gonna make all their money on about 5% of their titles. And so, a publisher wants to know what are you going to do? What, what are the specifically the steps that you're going to do? What are the actions that you're going to take? I mean, to to sell this book, that that, that is one of the big things that one of the most important things that they're interested in. So, and then so, so, so once you have this title, this subtitle, a one-page description of the book, all the chapters, which which all the chapter titles, which promise. To fulfill or which fulfill the promise that you made in the title a brief sample of one of the chapters and a one-page description of how you're going to promote the book that's how book deals get done mm-hmm. book deal book deals do not get done by sending a finished manuscript off to a publisher they get tossed in dumpsters if you do not include i mean a federal express pack to get your manuscript back but they're not even going to look at it
0: so tell us the story about your first your first book how did that? Oh. How did you? How did you go through that process?
1: Well, what I what I quickly what I very easily decided twelve years ago is that I was not going to go with a self published book uh, at that time called a vanity book uh... where grandma sits down at her dining room wants to leave a memoir for her kids and uh... then pays a vanity press you know ten thousand dollars to give her a uh, hundred copies of her book and she can have a book signing at her church social hall and give a copy to each of her families and and grandma now considers herself uh, a published author i i early on decided that when you open up the cover of my book, there was going to be a stamp of a major publishing company. <laughs> and so I had the, I had the idea uh, for the book. And, uh, and so I wrote up a, a, a one sheet uh, for the book. And then I thought, I don't even know where publishers are. So what I did, um, I, I never get to tell this story. In fact, I haven't told this story for a long Maybe I've never told this story. So I went off to a bookstore, and I went to the business section of the bookstore. And I had a pad of paper with me, and I just started writing down uh, the publishers that published business books. And so I came up with a list of about 40 or 50 publishers that published business books, and I copied down their addresses. But that, of course, didn't give me a name to send anything to. So I then sat in my study, and, uh, and I called all of these publishers one after another. I called HarperCollins, and I called Simon & Schuster, uh, and I knew if I just called up and said, who's the person in charge of business books, uh, they're not going to give me the name. Oh, my God, here's somebody else who thinks they have a book who wants the name of somebody to send it to, and they're on orders not to give out the name of the publisher, uh, so you're not going to get a name that way. And so my little trick was: uh, I called up uh, each of these publishers and said, "Yeah, I, I'm with a television network. We're thinking about doing a story about business books. Uh, we're just kicking the idea around here in the office. Um, who, who, who's the person in charge of, uh, of business books titles that I'd want to talk to if we decide to do this story?" Boom! I get the name. So now what I'm armed with is I'm armed with a name. I'm armed with the publishing company. I'm armed with the address. And so as I recall, I. Uh, put together uh, 50 Federal Express packets and I put together a cover letter and I set it off and I proceeded to get, uh, as I recall, 49 rejections over the next uh, couple of weeks until I finally received one email from somebody who said, Dear Mr. Jennings, uh, I'm not interested in your book, I'm not interested in you, I'm not interested in your constituency, please don't bother me again and uh, it was signed with this man's name. And at that point in time, what have you got to lose? So I hit reply and I said, you're a real smart ass, aren't you? And and there was more to the letter than email than that. And he wrote me back and he said, I'm still not interested in your book, but uh, if you're ever in New York, I'll give you 10 minutes. And I hit reply and I said, uh, I'm flying the overnight red eye to New York. I'll be in your office at nine o'clock tomorrow morning. And I walked into his office the next day and, uh, and I'm, I'm intentionally not using his name because I don't want a 1,000 people to try to replicate the same thing. You can find out his name. Just buy a copy of my book, and you'll see the thank yous. And I walked into his office, and I, I went to uh, shake his hand, and he was one of these tough New Yorkers that doesn't shake hands, and I looked at him, and I said, big guy, too. And I said, oh, uh, you don't shake hands? Uh, I'm from California. We don't shake either. We hug. And I walked up, and I put this big embrace around him. The guy almost died a 1,000 deaths. And um, the man is still my publisher today. Uh, He published my first book at HarperCollins, and when he left to uh, form the portfolio imprint at Penguin Putnam, I was the first author he signed, and I've done every subsequent book uh, with him. Getting a publisher was was the hardest thing I've ever done in my life, and I understand that most people give up. And I understand now, I was just in New York with some other publishers uh, a week ago, and I was describing this process, and I said, not only do most people give up, but the process is designed to make the pretenders and the wannabes give up, isn't it? And they all gave me knowing smiles, and they all acknowledged what I had just said. The whole process is set up to get rid of the wannabes, the people with one quick idea, the pretenders, the would-be authors. The process is designed to screen them out. So it's like everything else. I I don't think we've ever done one of these podcasts where I haven't used the word intentional. But you see, I was determined. And with every rejection, I was more determined than ever, I mean, to get my first publisher and and be published by a big-time publishing company and take a look at what happened.
0: And we go back to that first piece that is required, and it's discipline. So... You've given us a game-changing approach to getting a book written. Thank you very much, Jason Jennings. Uh, we're out of time right now, but I'll tell you what. If, you, uh, if this has been a help to you, if what uh, you've heard in the last 17 minutes has, uh, is going to set you on the right course to getting your book published or maybe has just given you clarity, uh, we'd love to hear a review through iTunes. Or if you have a question, to gain more clarity or another topic for Jason, it's questions at jason-jennings.com. We'd love to hear from you and uh, love, uh, we would definitely appreciate your review on iTunes so more people can be aware of this podcast. Until, J- uh, until next week, Jason, uh, have a great one. We look forward to our next conversation.
1: Dale, I have to tell you in closing, this is truly, you know I'm an enthusiast. I I love my research. I love writing my books. I love giving my speeches. I love everything. But I need to tell you, this is truly, spending time with you and doing these podcasts is just truly the highlight of my week. I absolutely love it.
0: I'd have to agree. And until next week, we'll have another great conversation.